G'day guys and welcome to another episode of the Coach Mark Carroll podcast. Today's episode will continue our glute training series and today's episode off the back of last episode I thought would be the perfect time to talk about my favorite glute exercises to program for my clients. Now if you haven't listened to the previous episodes guys um, on the glute series go listen there's been three previously the last three episodes First one, super valuable. Second one, super valuable. And third, really, really, really highly valuable for how to put a lot of this stuff together. So this episode, I want to talk more about, well, we spoke about the, you know, the movement patterns and, and whatnot. Now I want to talk about, well, what exercises do I choose for those movement patterns? Because there's so many movement patterns to choose from. Um, and then obviously so many exercises for each movement pattern. So what are my go-tos? I wanted to really just talk about the ones I programmed the most and a little bit of a justification on why. Now, before I get into this, guys, please, as always, if I can ask a massive favor, which probably isn't a massive favor, but it helps me a lot. If you listen to the podcast regularly, guys, and you haven't yet um, left um, a five-star rating, can I please ask as a favor... Um, can you just take that five seconds to leave a five-star rating? And if you really, really want to help me out, can you please just write a little one, two sentences about how and why you enjoy the podcast? Um, it'll take 30 seconds. And honestly, it will help me more than you know. I think a lot of the times people forget, you know, that it's a person kind of sitting behind there here and and for me to get my podcast out there it really comes back to these five star ratings and and all that you know i have 10 15000 people listen to my podcast each week and i only have a couple hundred um five star ratings or whatever from people so can you please help me out guys if you haven't by doing that and also by following the podcast just press follow at the top of um either apple or spotify for the podcast cuz then you'll get it up to date and as i said guys you know, I do these each week. I don't make any money from podcasting three times a week or so. But if you can just help me out there, it will mean the world to me. So thanks, guys. Now, the good stuff. What are my favorite exercises for training the glutes? And more specifically, what are my favorite exercises for each of those four movement patterns? So those four movement patterns I look for when I'm training my clients is going to be the bridge pattern. So the bridge or thrust. We've got our hip hinging, we've got our more knee dominant, kind of like a squat lunge pattern, and then our abduction pattern. So four movement patterns, what are my go-to exercises? Well, I'll rephrase that. What are my favorite exercises to program? And I'm going to say off these as well, when I say favorite, it's my own personal favorite from I enjoy programming them, but. I enjoy programming them these because I know clients love them. So it's always fun to obviously get people amazing results. That's what I strive to do. But I also want people to thoroughly enjoy their training experience. So I always know when I put these exercises in to their programs, they're going to have a good time. And sometimes it's a, a love-hate relationship because a lot of the, the best exercises are very difficult. So it's that love-hate. You love getting the results from them, but you often hate them at the time because they're challenging. Now, let's start with probably the most known pattern, which is going to move pattern is going to be your bridging or thrusting pattern. So obviously you got all your hip thrusts, you got your cast glute bridge, you got your glute bridge from the floor. There's so many um, variations 
if you guys have done my programs, I have so many different fun variations of hip thrusting around tempos and pauses and dead stop reps and all, all these different things you can do to make quite a small movement pattern quite hard and challenging and have it its own identity. But for me, my favorite variation is going to be the one and the quarter hip thrust. So hip thrust, when you drive up and at the top, you go all the way up and then you lower down about a quarter of the way and then you drive back up for the top again and then you lower all the way back down. So here is what we call a one and a quarter rep or other times people call it a double contraction. What we're trying to do here is spend more time at the top of the hip thrust where the glutes experience their most peak tension. And by doing all the one and a quarter rep, it's just biasing more time to that shortened position. So when a muscle is taken through a range of motion, it has that stretch. So when you go down and lower the weight in a hip thrust, the glutes are being stretched. And then at the top, the glutes are being shortened. And at that top part, by adding that extra quarter rep to each rep, you're basically doubling the amount of work you're doing for that shortened position in that rep. So you're basically doing two times hitting that shortened position each rep. So if you're doing 10, 10 reps, you're obviously getting that little, that end range contraction 20 times. And why do I like this variation? Because clients always enjoy it. You always get a really good pump from it. It's one that you can still use a lot of weight. When we're doing the quarter, it's a bit more um, explosive. So we're not going up and just holding. We're going up. And then as soon as you hit the top, you lower back down and then explode back up. So it's it's an exercise where you can really push hard to failure. And the good thing with the shortened position exercises is that you generally don't get as much soreness like DOMS the next few days after something like um, a hip thrust. And that's because when exercises are hardest, when the muscle is being challenged in that shorter position, it doesn't seem to produce as much uh, muscle damage as say when you're doing a stretch biased exercise. That's why I really enjoy the hip thrust plus the one and a quarter reps. So if you haven't done that, which I'm sure I'm hoping everyone who's done my programs has tried that, um, go give that one a go. Then hip hinge. Now hip hinge is obviously when you're going to be um, breaking at your hip. So things like deadlifts, Romanian deadlifts, good mornings and whatnot. Now there's two exercises I love. So I love the Romanian deadlift. So a Romanian deadlift, obviously you're setting up, then bending and pushing hips back. And we're performing this with a bit of a knee bend. So the knee bend helps to disadvantage the hamstrings, which what we kind of mean by that is it just decreases the hamstrings potential to be playing as much of a role. And because your hamstrings and your glutes both extend your hip by making the hamstrings do less, it means something else has to pick up the work and that's going to be the glutes. So everyone knows RDLs, they're fantastic exercise, but the other exercises I think people often quite know me well for these days, which I love, is the floating deadlift. So the floating deadlift is when you stand on a plate, say a 20 kilo weight plate. And what you're doing is you're then obviously increasing range of motion. And with a floating deadlift, you're lowering the bar just off the ground. 
So, you know, when you do a normal deadlift, the bar is on the floor. So it's on the floor because that's the range of motion. But by standing on a plate, what it, this means is you increase the range of motion. So when you lower the bar to the ground, because you're on the plate, the bar can actually not touch the floor. And why does this matter? Because for hypertrophy, we know that keeping tension in the working muscle is a good thing. So instead of having the bar hit the ground and then rest, so obviously you think of a deadlift, when the bar's on the ground, your muscles are not under tension, all right? Because the weight's on the floor, it's not on in your glutes. But with a floating deadlift, by having that elevation, it means you can get the same range of motion as a deadlift, but at that bottom position, you can actually keep the tension in your glutes because the bar's not hitting because you're standing above um, where you would normally be from a standpoint of having the weight plate there. And what I really like to do is I like to do pause reps at the bottom of the floating deadlift. So you're pausing, but you're pausing with the weight off the ground. It's not touching the ground and you're going to pause for two seconds and you really, really feel those glutes in that stress position and then explode back up. So haven't done a floating deadlift, go do it. You'll love it. They're amazing. Um, they're super fun. I really, really like them with trap bar deadlifts or just a barbell deadlift, but you can't go wrong with either. And of course, with your RDLs, the same thing, a dumbbell, a barbell, um, they all work great. And even if you want to do a Smith machine, it all works well. Then our third movement pattern is going to be more involvement of the knee joint. So that your, your knee dominant pattern. So things like your squats, your leg press and things like that. Now, my favorite movements for these to grow your glutes are number one, squats. A lot of people get down on squats and say they don't do this and they don't do that. But the research shows that the squats are just as effective at building muscle on the glutes as a hip thrust. So just as effective. It's So when it comes to squats, obviously you've got your things like your high bar squat where the bar's placed on your traps. You can do a low bar squat where the bar's placed is a little bit lower down your back. Um, this is fantastic for using more weight. Whichever way, as long as you're squatting deep, having a bit of more of a forward um, hinge, you're going to get a lot of glutes in your squats. Now, does everyone have to squat to build glutes? No, but this is where exercises like, say, a leg press. A leg press is actually a really good glute exercise. But if you want to make it more glute, what you need to do is just place the feet higher on the weight stack. Okay, so if your feet are um, on the plate, on the leg press, a little bit higher, what happens is... Because the feet's higher, you're going to actually get more hip flexion. So hip flexion is where you are, imagine bring lowering the weight on a leg press. Hip flexion means you're bringing your knee towards your, say, chest. That's you flexing your hip and that's stretching your glute. And then you get your glute work because you extend your leg back up. And why placing your feet higher up it allows for not only more stretch of the glute so you get more hip flexion it also decreases a bit of the quad output because you're going to get less of a stretch on the quads because you don't push your knees forward over your toes as much so if you want to get more glutes out of the leg press place your feet high and narrow now that's the opposite of what most people say most people say high and wide um, for the glutes, but wide does not actually mean more glutes, even though it might feel like it. Wide actually just means more adductors. So adductors, the muscles that run up like inside your leg, 
they contribute a lot more when your feet are wider because you get more of a stretch of the glutes. But contrary to popular belief, the glutes are actually better hit with a more narrow stance because that will allow for the glutes to actually have um, more range of motion and it's a better position for you to actually utilize the glutes. So when you're in a wide stance, you don't get as much um, force output from the glutes. So if you think about things like the glutes, the glutes are involved when you say run, when you sprint, um, when you lunge and split squat and all those things. When you're doing all those actions, those movements, you don't have your feet wide, do you? No, your feet are actually basically in front of each other. You know, like when you're running, your one foot goes in front of the other with your quite narrow. So when we're training our glutes, actually that narrow stance is actually going to allow for more range of motion on the leg press. So feet high and narrow for more glutes. And another exercise I love for that knee involved pattern is obviously a reverse lunge and my bias is I really, really love the MC reverse lunge. If you guys have done my variation of the reverse lunge, so that reverse lunge where I do it, um, we hold on to this, um, something for support, and this will allow for a bit more stability. More stability means more output potential. So you can work harder, you can use more weight, and I try to turn it into a bit more of a dynamic movement of a blend between a step up and a lunge. So you haven't done an MC reverse lunge, go to my Instagram and check it out. It's on my page a few times. You will love it. I guarantee it. Now, the fourth and final movement pattern is going to be abduction. So abduction is when we take our leg away from our body. When we abduct, we get more glute medius, we get glute minimus, which is a small stabilizer, which sits under the, like the glute medius and glute max. And we also get the glute max. So you're basically the glute max has like an upper and lower division because it's a really big muscle. And when we're abducting our hip, we're taking the leg away, we get actually a bit more of the upper lateral fibers of the glute max. So when you think of abduction, you know, you think of banded, banded abductions where you take your legs straight out to the side. You can do um, seated at machine abductions where I'm sure everyone knows when you sit down on the machine with your legs bent and abduct out. But the exercise I really, really like for the glutes is um, for abduction is the cable 30 degree straight leg abduction. So I got this one from um, Cassim Hansen from N1 Education. And so with this one, it's cool because by using the cable, basically you can take out not just directly to the side, but kind of a blend between like a kickback, straight back and a lateral abduction. So kind of more of that 30 to 45 degree angle relative to, to, to your torso. And so what you're doing, you're not just actually taking your leg backwards at that angle. When you're bringing your foot back in, you're actually then letting your leg sweep across your other leg that's grounded. And so by letting your leg sweep across, you're actually increasing the range of motion where the glute's been challenged. And particularly, you're getting a better stretch of the glute medius. So by having that sweeping motion, like kind of like a kick where you let your leg sweep across the front, um, the other leg, the foot on the ground leg, it creates a really good stretch of the glutes. And then you um, repeat that movement pattern and take out. So you let your leg sweep across and then you abduct out with a little bit of hip extension as well. And this is where you get a great range of motion to challenge the glutes. So normally the glutes, you know, if you think of someone like a banded abduction, the problem with the bands are 
it's quite a small range of motion. So with bands, there's basically no tension at all until you hit a specific part of the rep and then it's super, super high tension. So it's basically no tension to extreme tension. Whereas with the cable, you can get more range of motion, which is challenging. And then the tension is not so brutally hard in just this one spot. So it's a bit more tension throughout the range of motion and you can get the leg traveling further across your body to get more stretch. Now, that might sound a bit confusing, guys, but good thing is it's also on my Instagram page a lot, the Cable 30 Degree Abduction. If you haven't seen that one before, go check it out. You'll love it. It's super, super effective. Um, it's one of those ones, though. A lot of times I teach exercises, right, and then people go try it once, and they go, oh, I don't like it. I, I, it didn't work for me. And then I'll see the video of them then doing it, and it looks so far from what I actually said or how I taught it. And I'm not trying to say that to make someone feel bad. I'm just purely saying it from a standpoint of it takes time to learn new movements. You know, I've a lot of these, it's been tried, tried, practiced, didn't like, tried again, learned more. The big thing is I find people give up on exercises too quickly. Sure, if an exercise hurts you and whatnot, don't do it. But if an exercise doesn't feel quite right, often it's just small things like Something I'd really love to do is some more in-person workshops that I used to do a few years ago when I used to travel around the travel and t lecture to trainers and stuff like that is do some seminars on glute training because whenever I get a client in person, I can make them go from not feeling a muscle at all in an exercise. They, they come to me like, ah, oh, I never feel my glutes in this exercise or whatnot. As soon as I then start getting coaching them within five minutes, they're feeling their glutes like there's no tomorrow. So what does this mean? Well, obviously, number one, it shows that when you work with someone in person, it's quite different if they actually know what they're doing because I can see what people are doing. So often when you train, right, you think you're doing everything perfectly, but you're not seeing yourself train. So it can, you can be, say, 90% good technique, but it might be one little thing that's then masking you actually getting a lot from that exercise. So that's the power of uh, obviously having someone see it. And then it's just practicing, practicing, practicing. The better you get at the movement, the more you'll start to feel it and the more you'll enjoy it and things like that. So each of these four movement patterns, are these the only exercise you should do? No, of course not. Are these exercises I absolutely love and program over and over and over for clients? Yes, very much so. So if you're looking for great glute exercises, start having these in some of your training phases. And, you know, when you incorporate them into your training phase, stick at it. Don't just try to do one for, say, two weeks. Stick at it and keep working and working and working. Progress. Get better and better and better. So when putting things together, you know, you might have, you know, an exercise for each of these four movement patterns you keep in your program each phase. But then one exercise say a second exercise for each movement pattern, you can rotate out each way, each phase to give you a bit of variation, but try to stick to exercises in those movement patterns for a good period of time. So you get better and better at it. So it's good. Yes. To have variation at times, but it's also really good at times to just stick out these movement patterns, especially when learning new exercises, like the cable, um, third degree abduction or say an MC reverse lunge, because right instantly you often just don't quite pick it up. And then you think, oh man, it's not for me, but often it's just sticking at it, 
learning more, learning more and practicing. And through repetition, all of a sudden you start to go from, Hey, I don't like this exercise. I don't feel it to, wow, this is amazing. It's my new favorite exercise. So guys, I hope you um, find value in um, some of my thoughts around this because, you know, I love this stuff and I, I know, I know how good, how I know how great results can be when you do two things, you combine um, exercises for these key moon patterns and you also combine exercises you really enjoy. And I think when you do good exercises and you feel like you're progressing on them, then you also enjoy them as well. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as always. As I said, guys, if you haven't, it would mean the world to me if you can please just leave a five-star rating and a review. Honestly, I know these little things, you know, I always say it's like, oh, hey, can people like my posts and stuff like that? It's stuff that honestly takes a second, but it truly helps me and, you know, all the the work and the effort and stuff I go to try and really put out a lot of content. So just genuinely, it would really help a lot, guys. And as always, please share the podcast if you enjoy it. One of my episodes to your audience, that also helps so much. And guys, I just want to say thank you for all the support, Um, you know, it's not easy kind of doing social media and podcasts and stuff like that, but I've got so many loyal listeners and people who invest in my programs or not even invest in my programs, but just follow me for years. And, you know, they might never have invested into my, my programs, but they engage in all my content. They're messaging me always nice things. And so I just want to say thank you guys. All of you really mean the world to me. You know, social media can have a lot of hard times and negatives, but, it's also made me think there's a lot of really cool people out there who are just genuinely nice. So guys, thank you so much. It's Friday here. My mum and dad are about to get here. I haven't seen in a long time, so I'm excited for that. And I hope you all have a good weekend. Thanks, guys.